everyone. I have had to piece together a sort of recording studio manque for myself today because there's so much external noise on the streets here in New York. I want to welcome my newest Patreon supporter, David. Thank you very much for your pledge, David. And I also want to thank a longtime listener and Patreon supporter, Francesca, for increasing her pledge. So thank you both very much. There wasn't a bonus episode last week. I'm sorry. I wanted to put something together. I may still throw together an extra one this weekend, who's to say? But I'm so pleased that so many of you enjoyed the Janet Baker episode. And if you do want to become a Patreon supporter like these two marvelous persons that I just mentioned, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody and you can make your monthly or yearly pledge. Now, let us get going with this week's episode. A very special one, indeed. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. That very cheery little excerpt that we heard is a work by Frederick Delius, the second of his two songs to be sung upon the water, written clearly for mixed chorus, and in this case also a tenor solo. And it is that very tenor soloist who is the focus of this week's episode. He is the British lyric tenor Ian Partridge, who was born on the 12th of June, 1938, and therefore, quite recently, celebrated his 85th birthday. So let's consider this a belated birthday tribute to one of the most beautiful lyric tenor voices that I have ever encountered. Britain has produced some pretty fabulous tenors over the years, but none, I suggest, with a more exquisite voice and a more eclectic musical profile than Ian Partridge. 
His career began in the year 1958, and though he gave his farewell recital in October 2008, he has been known to extemporaneously perform since then as well. The recording that we heard just now was from the year 1969, when Ian Partridge was a member of the Lewis Halsey Singers. Now, for those of you who, like me, went to the University of Illinois in the 1980s, Lewis Halsey is a recognized name, for he came over from the UK to lead the choral program at the University of Illinois in Urbana for a few short years. Lewis Halsey was a professional choral conductor who, in various groups that he led in the 1960s and 70s in particular, hired the very best singers there were to perform in his choruses. And one of those was Ian Partridge, who had a lengthy career as a choral singer, but whose career also extended into solo repertoire as an example of his excellence as a solo singer. Here's an excerpt from Handel's Chandos Anthem number 10, The Lord is My Light, the tenor aria, The Lord is My Strength and My Shield. In this 1968 recording, Ian Partridge is heard under the baton of David Wilcox, leading the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength, is my strength and my shield. My heart has trusted in Him. My heart has trusted in Him. And I am helped, I am helped. And I am singers that I have featured on this podcast whose repertoire extends as far back and as far forward as did that of Ian Partridge. Here's a 1966 recording with Ian Partridge, one of his earlier recordings. 
when he was singing as a member of the Purcell Consort of Voices. This is a plain song written by Hermann of Reichenau, also known as Hermannus Contractus. He was a Benedictine monk who lived from 1013 to 1054, and he wrote a number of plain chant hymns, including the one that we hear now, Alma Redemptoris Mater. Partridge's repertoire also embraced the 20th century, though he sang more conservative works by a number of British composers from that time period. He also performed the very thorny music of Arnold Schoenberg. Here he is in a very brief excerpt from Schoenberg's Die Jakobsleiter, an unfinished oratorio that was written in the teens but sounds as if it could have been composed much later. This is a fascinating work, and this performance from the year 1980 is led by Pierre Boulez, conducting the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Ausliegt. 
We shall hear more from Pierre Boulez later in the episode. But in the meantime, let's listen to a very brief sample of the kind of material that, in my opinion, Ian Partridge was born to sing, English song. This is a work called The Singer by the composer Ivor Gurney, who lived from 1890 to 1937. He was a tragic figure who served during World War I, where he was gassed, and shortly thereafter began displaying the signs of a serious mental breakdown, a condition which at the time was referred to as shell shock. After the war, he did compose for a number of years, but spent the last 15 years of his life in a psychiatric hospital, where he died of tuberculosis at the age of 47. At the end of his long career, Ian Partridge devised a program devoted to Ivor Gurney, in which he performed both his poems and his songs, and the song that we're going to hear right now, The Singer, composed to a text by Edward Shanks, was included on those programs. In this 1980 performance, we hear Ian Partridge accompanied by his sister, Jennifer Partridge, the first example that we have on this episode of a very fruitful and long-standing musical partnership which yielded many memorable recordings.
let's review a bit of the biography and career of today's subject. Ian Partridge began his singing career as a chorister at the New College, Oxford. Thereafter, in 1956, he went to the Royal College of Music, where he studied both piano and voice. Unfortunately for him, he had already earned money as a singer and therefore was banned by the Royal College of Music, whereupon he transferred to the Guildhall School. While there, he studied both voice and conducting under a number of teachers, including with the bass Norman Walker, who lived from 1907 to 1963 and appeared in concert, on the operatic stage, on the radio, and even in films. Here is an excerpt of Norman Walker singing, not Messiah, which he recorded a number of times, but rather a radio recording conducted by Thomas Beecham of Georges Bizet's opera La Jolie Fille de Perte, here performed in English as the Fair Maid of Perth. This is based, by the way, on yet another Walter Scott work. This is the bitter drinking song of one of the characters named Ralph. The recording was broadcast by the BBC and was recorded in June 1949. <laughs> sang in the Westminster Cathedral Choir, and studied plain chant under George Malcolm. In 1962, he began his career as a solo singer, but continued over the course of many years to sing with some of the most important British choruses and small vocal ensembles. Among those groups with which he sang 
We've already heard the Lewis Halsey singers, and we've also heard an excerpt of a recording he made with the Purcell Concert of Voices, led by countertenor Grayston Burgess. Another group with which he performed over many years and with some incredibly formidable colleagues was Pro Canzione Antiqua, a group dedicated to the performance primarily of Renaissance music that was led by musicologist and conductor Bruno Turner. Partridge participated in literally dozens of recordings with this group, and they are one of my favorite groups to listen to in this kind of repertoire, because they sing it full out, unapologetically, unmannered. It's really a different way of hearing this music. There's less concern with blend and more concern with healthy vocal production and uniting together under a single musical purpose rather than trying to match the tone and color of one's vocal neighbor. I want to play you an excerpt from a recording that they released in 1980 called Ars Britannica. I remember my old boyfriend and I, Tim Carney, who was and is a marvelous choral conductor, collected all of the Pro Canzione Antiqua records because they were always so bracing, so wonderful to listen to. And this Ars Antiqua recording was three different records. The first one featured excerpts from the Old Hall manuscript. The second featured performance of English madrigals, and the third, lute songs, performed primarily in choral arrangements. And here is the ever-popular song by Thomas Ford, There is a Lady Sweet and Kind. Ian Partridge both led the ensemble, in this case, and sang the tenor solo. His companions here in song are alto Kevin Smith, tenor James Griffith, and baritone Brian Etheridge. On Continuo, we hear Christopher Wilson and William Hunt. Smiles, a winter voice my heart began. 
though the rest of the episode will be devoted to Ian Partridge's solo career, I do want to play one last choral selection for you, because it shows off his voice in all of its most pristine beauty. That is the arrangement by Rafe von Williams of the Scottish folk song Car the Yows. In this recording, we hear the London madrigal singers led by Christopher Bishop. During his formative years, Ian Partridge also studied with both Benjamin Britten and Peter Pierce, and he performed with them in a number of different contexts and on different kinds of occasions, and he also frequently programmed the work of Benjamin Britten, both in concert and on recordings. There is, for instance, a recording of the Britten cycle, Winter Words, beautifully performed by Ian and Jennifer Partridge. There's also a wonderful recording of Britain's Serenade for tenor, solo horn, and strings. And also, quite interestingly, when Peter Pierce formed a small vocal ensemble called the Wilby Consort, 
which performed primarily English madrigals. Ian Partridge was a central member of that group as well. In 1970, Benjamin Britten made a studio recording of his realization of Henry Purcell's The Fairy Queen. Now, Purcell is also a composer with whom Ian Partridge is very closely identified. So let us listen now to his solo moment from that recording of The Fairy Queen, in which Benjamin Britten leads the English Chamber Orchestra. The song, See My Many Colored Fields. In 1976, Ian Partridge appeared in a televised production of Britain's cantata St. Nicholas, in which he performed the tenor solo. This production was celebrated at the time and went on to win a number of awards. From the soundtrack of that recording, we hear the scene Nicholas is thrown into prison. Russell Burgess leads the Orchestra Nova of London.
Partridge was by no means an opera singer, yet he did appear once and quite memorably on the operatic stage. That was in the legendary 1969 production of Les Troyans of Hector Berlioz, when it was revived at Covent Garden, where it was conducted by Colin Davis and featured a starry array of singers, including Canadian tenor John Vickers in a career-defining performance as Aeneas. Partridge's role is that of the court poet Iopas, who, at the request of Queen Dido, performs this beautiful poem-slash-aria, O Blonde Ceres. This is live from the stage of the Royal Opera House in September 1969. Ian Partridge went on to participate in the complete recording, led by Colin Davis for Phillips Records, and there he achieves sheer vocal perfection. But I want to play something live with him, just to indicate to you how secure, how solid his technique was, and how exquisitely he phrases the words. I mean, I've never heard this very challenging aria sung better.
David Partridge did participate in a number of opera recordings, including singing the role of Lurcanio in Hendos Ariodante and singing the role of Apollo opposite his fellow tenor Nigel Rogers in Monteverdi's L'Orfeo. That recording was led by the conductor Jürgen Jürgens, with whom Ian Partridge had already made a number of Monteverdi recordings. In fact, Monteverdi is another key composer in Ian Partridge's career. Over the course of decades, he performed and recorded much of Monteverdi's music under a number of different conductors and with a whole panoply of distinguished colleagues. But there's no recording, I suggest, that's more impressive than the one that Ian Partridge and Nigel Rogers made in 1972 of that legendary virtuoso madrigal Zephyro Torna under the baton of Jürgen Jürgens. Though I'm only playing a portion of it, you get to hear the incredible way these two singers with very dissimilar tones match up in a way that is breathtaking. chosen to do so, Ian Partridge could have made a valuable contribution to the world of opera. And I cite a further example as proof 
of that. This was a 1975 performance live from London of the Robert Schumann Oratorio Die Rose Pilgerfahrt, in which Pierre Boulez led the BBC Symphony Orchestra and Chorus with a number of extraordinary soloists, including both Ian Partridge and another favorite singer of mine, Jill Gomez. She will be featured in an episode all her own in season five of Counter Melody, but now for a little teaser, let's listen to the two of them, Partridge and Gomez, combine their beautiful voices in this duet, Ich weiß ein Röslein prangen, from this live performance in April 1975. <laughs> Oh, 
Ian Partridge is indeed one of the most recorded artists of the 20th century, and the range of repertoire that he performed is rather staggering. A role that he assumed in various biblical narratives, whether by Heinrich Schütz, Giacomo Carissimi, the Renaissance composer Richard Davy, or Johann Sebastian Bach, is the role of evangelist, where the biblical story is told by a soloist, usually a tenor, as a way of linking episodes or arias of the larger work. In 1971, under the baton of Roger Norrington, Ian Partridge sang the role of the evangelist in Heinrich Schütz's Christmas Story, or Historia der Geburt Jesu Christ. Depending on the portion of the narrative that's being related, the narration can sometimes take on a very dramatic character, or a very pathos-filled character, or serve simply a very straightforward narrative function. This is the moment in the Schutz Christmas story that depicts the slaughter of the innocents. Partridge beautifully embodies both the violently dramatic and the heart-rendingly pathetic. For those of you who know the tragedy that touched our lives this last week, you'll understand why I'm choosing this particular selection. Partridge was an ideal Bach tenor. 
He performed all of Bach's major choral works, both as soloist and in the role of the evangelist in the case of The Two Passions. In 1967, he was chosen by the conductor Ernest Anselme to record a number of Bach cantatas. And we're going to hear from Cantata 105, Hier gehe nicht ins Gericht, kann ich nur Jesu mir zum Freunde machen. Kann ich nur Jesu mir zum Freunde machen, kann ich nur Jesu mir zum Freunde machen, so gilt der Mann nicht bei mir, so gilt der Mann nicht bei mir, nicht, so gilt der Mann nicht bei mir, kann ich nur Jesu mir zum Freunde Partridge's performances and recordings of the German repertoire, including his mastery of Lieder. In 1972, he appeared in the BBC studios, both accompanying and singing a number of songs by Brahms and Schubert. And from that broadcast, we're going to hear his dual performance of the Brahms song Auf dem Kirchhofe. It's a very challenging piano part, I might add, and to coordinate both the pianism and the vocalism is no mean feat, but he carries it off absolutely beautifully. Oh, 
In honor of Ian Partridge's 85th birthday, the record label Psalm Recordings released a full album of his performances, primarily with his sister Jennifer at the piano, of Schubert Lieder. These all stemmed from recordings made for the BBC, and although every single one of these recordings is exquisite, I've chosen as my favorite, and the one that I'm offering you today, Schubert's setting of Johann Meyerhofer's poem Nachtviolen. The recording is from October 1971. Yeah. 
I don't think Ian Partridge programmed as much French Melodie as he did German Lieder, but he made a wonderful recording in the year 1975, again with his sister Jennifer, of songs by Faure and Duparc for the now defunct Pearl label. And I would like to play for you the Faure song Obad, Opus 6, number 1. Partridge's most lasting contributions to recordings is of a series of works by Rafe von Williams. Both choral works, solo songs, vocal chamber music, and that sui generis piece, The Pilgrim's Progress. I want to play you a favorite song of mine, of von Williams. This is the fourth of his short collection, four poems by Fredegond Chauve. This is the song, The Watermill. Ian and Jennifer Partridge recorded this twice, once in 1971 and also nine years later for a collection of British song recorded by Oxford University Press. I thought that the recording from 1971, with which I was most familiar, simply couldn't be topped. And I really, I mean, I'm splitting hairs here, but I have to say, I think the phrasing on this later recording from 1980 is just a little bit more mellifluous. The way in which the words are delivered is beyond extraordinary. And the compassion behind those tiny little subtleties of inflection requires the closest possible listening. You know, just last week we listened to another superb purveyor of song and music in the English language, the great Janet Baker, who just turned 90. And I would propose to you that Ian Partridge is very much her equal in the way that he 
delivers text, especially in the English language. It's an object lesson for those of us who imagine ourselves to be singers. Give a listen and take a page from his book. There is a mill, an ancient one, brown with rain and dry with sun. The miller's house is joined with it, and in July the swallows flit to and fro, in and out from the windows all Waters roll out of the dark arch by the door. The willows toss their silver heads, and the flock says in the garden beds turn red and gray with the time of day, and smell sweet in the Cat is a tabby, she's as lean as a healthy cat can be. She plays in the loft where the sunbeams stroke the sacks, fat backs, and beetles choke in the flowery dust. The wheel goes round, and the miller's wife sleeps fast and sound. There is a clock inside the house very Strikes the hour when shadows drowse or showers make the windows white. Loud and sweet in rain and sun, the clock strikes and the work is done. A miller's wife and his eldest girl clean and cook while the mill wheels whirl. The children take their meat to school, and at dusk they play by the twilight barefoot, till the day is dead and their mother calls them into bed. The supper stands on the clean scrubbed board, and the miller drinks like a thirsty lord. The young man come for his daughter's sake, but she never knows which one to take. She drives a needle and pins her stuff while the moon shines gold and the Also last week, we heard Janet Baker performing an excerpt from that extraordinary cycle of vocal chamber music, Quatre Poèmes Hindous by Maurice Delage. I really, really love vocal chamber music when there's a small ensemble, and not just piano, accompanying the voice. Of course, Vaughan Williams' cycle on Wenlock Edge is a prime example of this. 
and Ian Partridge made what I consider to be the definitive recording of this exceptional cycle. But then, a few years later, he also recorded another vocal chamber cycle by the composer Peter Warlock, born Philip Heseltine, one of the strangest but most gifted British composers of the 20th century. This cycle, The Curl You, is set to poems by William Butler Yeats, and the instrumental ensemble is foregrounded by the sound of the English horn, which evokes the cry of the curlew. In this case, that player is Janet Craxton. But we also hear the remainder of that crackerjack music ensemble from the early 70s, the Music Group of London, performing the final part of the song The Withering of the Boughs. This recording was made in 1974.
Ian Partridge's active career as a soloist and choral musician extended for decades upon decades. He has also proven to be a dedicated teacher and has been a professor at the Royal Academy of Music since 1996. He continued to make records right up until the time of his retirement from the concert stage. One of his last recordings comes from the year 2004, which was a collection of songs by Arnold Bax, a distinctive and unusual composer who lived from 1883 to 1953. While he's primarily known for his instrumental works, he also composed a number of memorable songs, of which the one we are going to hear today, When We Are Lost, is one of the most memorable. In this recording, Ian Partridge is accompanied by the pianist Michael Dussek.
I mentioned earlier that Ian Partridge had performed widely a program he had devised dedicated to the British composer Ivor Gurney. On a lighter side, he also gave hundreds of performances alongside the marvellous British actress Prunella Scales of a program entitled An Evening with Queen Victoria. Here's a brief excerpt from that program, which, by the way, appeared on Ian Partridge's website, which I strongly recommend to you, ianpartridge.co.uk, which features information about his career, including all of his recordings, all of his broadcasts, much of his repertoire. It's really an exceptional resource for learning more about this magnificent singer. Anyway, we're going to hear a comic excerpt from that evening with Queen Victoria program. The words are Queen Victoria's own, and the music is by none other than Prince Albert. The song is called Pretty Baby, and it's interspersed with Queen Victoria's observations of what a trial it was being a mother. I would be severely remiss if I did not mention that the forte pianist here is the late Richard Burnett, who devised this program in tandem with his wife, the actress Katrina Hendry. If I had had a year of happy enjoyment with dearest Albert to myself, how thankful I should have been. But I was in for it at once. I had nine times to bear with these enormities, and furious I was. Pretty baby, do not cry for thy mother sitting by. Then, my darling, not cry for her blessings on thine eye. Do not cry, do not cry for her blessings on thine eye. I am no admirer of babies. An ugly baby is a very nasty object, and the prettiest is dreadful when undressed, with their big bodies, little limbs, and their terrible frog-like action. There are exceptions. I admire pretty ones, especially peasant children. Alice and Beatrice were very pretty from the first. Vicky also rather so. Leopold and Bertie too frightful. Darling boy, darling boy, who I think's the greatest joy. I can't bear children being idolized or made too great an object of, or having numbers of them about me making a great noise. They are, I suppose, a great blessing brighten one's life. It would be very sad not to have them. But what are children compared to a husband? I grudged you children being always there. I longed to be alone with Papa. 
The program is winding down, but I do hope that you have enjoyed hearing more of this exceptional artist. I want to say that Ian Partridge was active during the time when the early music movement was in its very nascent stages, and he performed with such ensembles and conductors up until the very end of his career. I suggest to you, however, that he always had a very different way of performing these songs vocally than did some of the, how do I put this, um, more studied, more reticent, more withdrawn vocalism of some present-day early music singers. Of course, my preference is clear, but I do want you to hear a late recording of Ian Partridge's of a William Byrd consort song, a setting of the Philip Sidney poem, Lord, how vain are all our frail delights, which he recorded with the vile consort Phantasm in the year 2000. I am planning a bonus episode on this venerable artist. 
I haven't quite figured out what it's going to be, but I think it's going to involve a lot of his performances with guitar and lute accompaniment and possibly also some Schubert because there is nothing more marvelous. Ian Partridge perform the songs of Franz Schubert. Ian Partridge made many recordings for the Hyperion record label in the very early days of its existence, including a wonderful collection of lute songs by John Dowland and Thomas Campion. And we're going to end with Ian Partridge and the lutenist Jakob Lindberg performing the song Never Weather Beaten Sail. This is another song that is very dear to my heart. I performed it a number of times myself, never this beautifully. I will say that quite explicitly. But there's something special about this recording as well, because for the first verse, we hear the 1983 recording with with Partridge and Lindbergh. And then for verse two, we cut to an impromptu performance of the song, which he made while teaching a course in Italy in the year 2015, in which he is accompanied by the lutenist Paul Bayer. Let us wish a very happy belated birthday to this estimable artist, one whose singing has provided so much delight over the years. Never weather beat and sail more willing bent to shore. Never tired pilgrims' limbs affected slumber more. And my weary sprite now longs to fly out all my troubled breast. Come quickly, oh, come quickly, oh, come quickly, sweetest Lord, and take my soul to rest. Oh, come quickly, oh, come quickly, oh, come quickly, sweetest Lord, and take my soul to rest. Daniel Gundlach.